0: Welcome to the Genius Alchemist podcast. I'm your host Sarah McBride and in today's conversation I will be speaking with Liz Vincent who is someone I've known for almost 15 years. She's a great friend, she's been an amazing mentor and a really amazing guide on my spiritual journey. She is predominantly known for past life regression because she was one of the first in the UK to be practicing this she has over 20 years experience in hypnosis past life regression and now she's moved more to in a child regression so this life regression she has a breadth and wealth of knowledge in lots of different areas she's trained in emotrans EFT NLP Theta healing and actually spirit releasement, which I think we did that course together. She is someone that I can honestly say has changed my life and that's why I was so excited to have her on today and for her to share some of her wisdom with all of you. So let's get to it hi so in this episode we have Liz Vincent who again I'm very honored to have on because Liz was my, I'd say my very first proper mentor and teacher in all of the work that I cover, more around the past life work, more around entity removal, case removal, out some vows and going more deeper into that stuff, um, and giving me a real good understanding as well of you know how past lives affect this life and, and soul entanglement. And yeah, I I I think it's been about twelve years, maybe, Liz, that we've known each other, isn't it?
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: It, it might even be longer than that. I'm not I, sure. I think it might be. <laughs> even Liz was actually. The first in my very first ayahuasca journey as well. We we <laughs> we sat together, didn't we? In our um, very first time we did that. So it is a long time. So yeah, it's um amazing to have you on. And Thank you. yeah, I'd I'd love to share with the viewers your a lot of your story, your knowledge, um, because it's fascinating. And I know that you know some of the personal stories you've told me you know so interesting but also you know your background and and I believe that you were one of the first if not the first person to really practice past life regression as well in the UK.
1: Yes when I started there was another man doing past life regression but nobody else was doing it and I was a little bit I was considered rather peculiar, the fact that I wanted to do past life regression. And actually, Sarah, I think it's more like 16 or 17 years that we've known one another because I remember you coming to me in Bristol. And I've been in London for many, many years. And I think it's 12 or 13 years I've been in London. So consequently, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, Past life regression was something I was interested in because I'd read the Brian Weiss books. Messages from the Masters, and some of the other books he read. And the reason I got interested in it was because it allowed people, or at least he explained how people were able to heal themselves with past life regression. Mm. Um, now I find I do a lot I do past life regression and I do this life regression yeah. past life regression is especially good if you're dealing with phobias for example let's say somebody has always had a fear of water you take them into a past life they find they drowned and that part of them that soul fragment that angry part that can't let go is still stuck in the water if you like Mm. so once you manage to release it they manage to release it it's not really about me I'm just a facilitator to get them to do what they need to do yeah once it's released then when I wake them up they no longer have the phobia
0: yeah so on that because before I found you I if you remember I got he was he was known as a master hypnotist and he came out and it was a past life regression was what we wanted to do, me and a friend. And he couldn't put me under. He just, no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't put me under. And I I witnessed, I don't know why he let me in the room, but I I witnessed him um, putting my friend under under regression. And he took it into this scenario where she was a little boy, I think it was in the fair, and she went into you know, a real emotional state and, you know, the tears and re- really hyperventilating. And he just let them tuck it out. And I remember think, at the time thinking, this isn't right. There no. must be something more than this because you be, it's a voyeur of the past that this can't be right. And then that's what catalyzed me to then go in search. And then I I think you were on a radio station and yeah, I listened to that, and then I was like, "You're the person," and you were in Harley <laughs> Street. And then, yeah, I remember you. I was like, "You're the person." I'm gonna wait. I booked in in Harley Street, and I was working at the time in London. And then I remember, um, I couldn't make it. Something happened, and then I, I and I rang you the next day. I was like, "This is what happened. I'm really sorry." And you said to me, "Well, you know." We'd try and get back in, but I was in Glastonbury, like a few days later, having a trip, and you said, Well, I'm in Bristol, Mike, well that's not too far. I passed through Bristol. So then I arranged to come and see you in Bristol.
1: I remember. I remember, and we went into a scenario which was this life, you got very upset, and because we were dealing with animals, which I adore, yeah. I got <laughs> so, yeah. so, so very unprofessionally, I was crying my eyes out, <laughs> 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 which has never happened to me before or since, but it's something I always remember. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, the thing is, if somebody goes into a life and it's a traumatic scene, and often it is, they can be in the middle of a war, they could be in the middle of a rape, the important thing is to know to take the person out of the picture. You can either rise above it or you can put it on a TV screen.
0: Mm.
1: Now, you allow them to disassociate, so they're watching what happened without actually feeling it. now the other thing as you know from having done past lives is we're inclined to to be reborn again and again in soul groups so if you say to the person have a look at that person that's pushing your head under the water or have a look at the person who's raping you but stay away from the picture Mm -hmm. you will often say oh my god it's my dad or my uncle harry or my ex-boyfriend so We meet people again and again. But if you just take somebody into a past life and they see it, you're not going to resolve it. You have to get them to the point where they understand it, they can step back from it, and they can forgive it. Now, what most people don't understand when they're very angry with somebody, they're actually very angry at themselves. Mm. So it's about them allowing themselves to forgive themselves for having allowed something like that to happen yeah Uh, once they can forgive themselves they can forgive the aggressor and once you've done that then you can allow them to collapse the hologram now it's a bit of an odd expression for me to use but let's say the picture that's holding them into this fear whatever Mm. it is they're holding on to is a very strong picture. But once they can forgive it, you collapse the picture, you collapse it, you let it go, and then mm-hmm. when you wake them up, they no longer have the phobia.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, I know that's what happens with me. So you've you've written a book as well, Finding the Light. Yeah. And you mention a case in there, which was probably one of your most interesting cases of past life regression and I think it was where you took somebody in to a a scene where they went into the life of Judy Garland
1: yes yeah and I often work with people who go into famous people's lives. You know, I've hypnotized a few Mary Magdalene's and a few Jesus right? <laughs> <meets> Christ, yeah. <laughs> but really that's them tapping into an Akashic rest called or a memory. But the yeah. reason this was so interesting was because she didn't want to be Judy Garland. You know, if okay. you normally hypnotize somebody and they're famous, they sort of, oh, you know, this is lovely. Yeah. But she started off and she was under hypnosis and she was going like this and said, take the lights away, take the lights away. I'm fed up with being filmed. I'm fed up with getting into this. I don't mm. want to be here. Mm. And we went into the life and she really didn't want to be Judy Garland. I also mm. found out through that session that Judy Garland had a son that I knew nothing about. Um, so it was a fascinating um thing because i found out more about judy garland through that girl but it was an interesting session because
0: it was somebody who was well known so on that on that because the amount of people well Mm. as you well know the amount of people that are convinced jesus or mary magdalene and and you know we've had it both i've had clients i've had um well maybe people that want to be clients not not necessarily people of work long long term because you know, it can can also be like a form of psychosis, can't it? Where people convince themselves that they're this person and, you know, everybody wants some self-importance. That I find that there's a lot of people who tell me that the the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that the incarnation of Mary Magdalene and, you know, all of these people, like, it's always a famous Egyptian queen. It's never a servant, you know or something like that what what's your take on that
1: well a lot of it is ego driven people Mm. have to feel important and you know it's the way they give themselves a sense of who they are so you know if you do work with something who goes into the life of jesus you have to realize they want something from that Mm. um And again, it's understanding and dealing with it. There is something called the Akashic Records, where memories of everybody's lives are held in a sort of record. So really, we can tap into anybody's life at any time. And sometimes you take people into past lives, and it just doesn't feel true. But at the same time, you have to allow them to do it. Because whatever it is they've gone into is helping them to understand something in some way yes yeah. at the same time you can go into a life which perhaps to you would be really boring I remember going in um working with I can't remember if it was a lady or a man but this person went into the life and they spent their whole life as a man as a shepherd and this man just spent the whole life looking after sheep and to me to to go through that because i took him forward a few months a few years he was always looking after sheep (laughs) Um, but at the end i asked the person and the higher self of the person what was it you got by being a shepherd in that life and the answer was absolute peace i could meditate i could find myself i lived in a state of absolute peace and that's what I have to get back and what I have to remember in this life so it's quite funny you must never judge what somebody else is getting from a session you can't sit there thinking god this is boring because actually it's not it's giving that person something they need to understand
0: yeah and and that that to me though is the healing because other people who are in ego and want to be the famous person and the tapping into this life and that life that for me is, you know, because they want the light show that goes yeah. with it rather yeah. than what do I need? What does my psyche needs? What's going on within me? And because I remember you taught me this, if you go into a life, there's always something within that life that needs to be addressed. Yeah. So I do that now. So with my clients, as soon as I take them into a life, I know there's something into that life that needs to be addressed but but also another thing that you show me is that actually sometimes when you're taking people back they won't even get to a past life because there's things in this life still to be addressed in a child stuff you know could be an ex-partner anything that needs to be resolved within the psyche from this lifetime sometimes we don't even get when we regress them to that past life because there's this life issues that need to be dealt with
1: yeah I work more and more with this life. You know, people will come to me because they think they want past life regression. And they'll say to me, I'm suffering from anxiety. I'm suffering from depression. And I will say to them, that is not past life regression past life regression is if you've got a phobia perhaps you've got an illness like asthma um, if you're in pain there can be lots of reasons but if somebody is suffering from anxiety and depression you have to do the inner child work mm-hmm. now sometimes people get angry somebody wrote me about review the other day because she wanted to do past life regression i suggested we did this life regression and she went in, and we did some work on this this life. But she decided that she should have been one hundred percent completely healed after that one session. It was my <laughs> <fault>. <laughs> it was my wow. fault she wasn't. So consequently, she wrote me a nasty review. Her exactly. stuff. I can't do anything about it. Um, yes. But if somebody is severely depressed and you do about five sessions with them. You don't always need five, six sessions, but if somebody is really seriously depressed and they're prepared to do the work on themselves, which is actually forgiving themselves for different things that may have happened, Mm. then they will let go of depression and anxiety forever. Mm. Sometimes you can get rid of anxiety after one or two sessions. Yeah, If you take somebody back into a childhood scene, and, for example, that child sees their parents fighting, and let's say they're under the age of seven, because seven is the age of reason when we start to have a logical mind. So let's say we take somebody back to the age of three or four and the parents are fighting that child will believe it's their fault the reason the parents are fighting they've got no logical brain to say oh my parents are having a fight again let Mm. them get on with it that child will believe it's their fault so everything that they witnessed as a young child especially up to the age of about seven they take it on board as sort of being their fault yeah so The more they can reason and be able to understand that it isn't their fault, then they take their power back. It's important to understand that depression and anxiety is always about people feeling powerless. So a lot of people
0: that, say... That. That, sorry? I remember we worked through this, yeah, because it was when yeah. I was depressed years ago, and you were saying to me "It's it's, it's disempowerment, it's feeling powerless over something. Yeah, um, and and I'm and it was when we got to the 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 stripped it all back. It was me feeling disempowered in situations, and I think it was for me it was staying in corporate when I should have been on this path that I'm on now. And well,
1: everything, Sarah. It was obviously even though at the time it was a struggle and lots of stuff was happening, you needed to experience all the corporate stuff to know where you were going to find your place using healing within corporate so Mm. you have a very important place now with the understanding of corporate yeah which is not my background i don't understand how to work well i mean i do work with corporate clients obviously but i don't work with them in the same way that you do because you've got the understanding of the corporate world and the structure
0: and also being able to bring the business world so it's like bringing the healing world to corporate and bringing the business world to other coaches, healers, therapists who struggle in business and giving them the tools. So that's why I was there. But I remember at the time it was, it was, I was stayed overdue. And I remember (laughs) you were like, there's, there's some powerless nurse and it, and it was that I was feeling disempowered because I was in a place where I didn't want to be any longer. And I wasn't working to my optimum in that place either. And I was doing dealing with people separately, because I've, I've done that, haven't I, right throughout yeah. As, yeah. as a, as a sideline as opposed to making it my main kind of career focus?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I believe it's always about timing. I mean, I've done some very peculiar things. I was a professional dancer. I ran a bar in Italy. I was a court interpreter. You know, I've done some very strange things, but I find – I still need those things sometimes. You know, I've got a client that goes into Italian. I can understand what they're saying. Um, And other things like that, you find that stuff you've learned in the past will always come into your work in some way. So, um, yeah, you're right about not feeling empowered because you weren't in the right place. But I think at the same time, if you look back, you can look and see how it helped you. Mm. But at the same time... But
0: also, you know, how being disempowered helped me, because that's the main focus of my work now. Because you've support. got to give people yeah. the
1: understanding they have to take their power back. Yeah,
0: I mean, absolutely. I
1: always know if I feel rotten about something, I have to look and see what's disempowering me. Recently, we were given six weeks' notice to get out of Harley Street because they're deciding to demolish the inside of the building. They have to keep the outside because it's... um listed but suddenly everybody was there going where are we going to go where are we going to go and at that point I could either have gone into absolute panic Mm. or thought right wait a minute I have clients booked after that date what am I going to do so I thought right I have to take my power back I refuse to give in to the fear of where am I going to go after 20 years in Harley Street and Luckily, the company that I was renting from had a space in Victoria, which isn't that far from Harley Street. It's still central London. Um, yeah. And I was able to take the only room that was left in Victoria because mm-hmm. rather than sitting and worrying and you know tearing my hair out, I thought I've got to do something about it. So when we take our power back, we take action and then we're no longer feeling anxious or depressed because we're in charge of a situation. If yeah. we allow somebody else to take charge, we give our power away. We give our power away to doctors. We give our power away to mm. lawyers. We give yeah. our way, our power away to the tax man thinking, oh, my God, I've got a tax bill. How am I going to pay it? Mm. Um, but it's always about thinking I can do this. I am a sovereign being of light. Mm. Now I use the word sovereign being of light with lots of people and foreigners found it very difficult to say sovereign. So Mm. we have to find other words. But the more people realize they are a being of light, they are standing in their own power, then they can face anything and they can move forward. If they give their power away, and we do to partners, we do to parents, we give our power away to everybody. But yeah. once we realize that's not the way forward and we take our power back, and I can explain how I work with hypnosis to take people's power back or for people to take their power back, then you start to feel very, very different.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I know from first experience, first-hand experience, and then also what I do, do with my clients as well. When you know when someone's disempowered and – you know, you can see where they they fall into that victim consciousness very easily. And yeah. it's, a, it's a learned behavior. They've been doing it for a while and it's, okay, what areas do we need to take that? And and some of those areas you've just described are the most ideal situation where I find clients are disempowered. Lawyers, for example, doctors, you know, they get told one thing, anything to do with legal taxes, they get told something and then they go into that fear because you know it's like the white coat syndrome isn't it somebody tells you something who you perceive as authority and then instantly you're not trusting your intuition you're not trusting your own body you're not trusting what you know to be true but you're listening to someone else yeah and you know this is where it's trust the science comes in you know whereas as we know Science hasn't caught up spirituality yet. It's just unexplored. So, you know, our our experiences matter. I think the interesting thing
1: is about people who will say, come in and say, I'm being bullied by my boss. Now, if somebody says to me, I'm being bullied by my boss, my immediate question is, who were you bullied by when you were a child? Yeah, And they'll say, my mother was a bully, my father was a bully. And then I'll say something like, What about at school? Were you ever bullied at school? Yes. So I know this is an ongoing pattern. And I also know if that person leaves that job, they'll go into another job where they're also bullied. It's it's a bit like women who are in abusive relationships. They leave that abusive relationship. And the next relationship they go into is also abusive because they haven't reclaimed their power. Now, What I do, I take somebody back to whatever age this started. So let's say mum is a bully and the child is three years old and mum is saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Mm -hmm. What I do in hypnosis, I let the child, whether they're three or even six months old, get very big Mm -hmm. and I shrink the abuser. So suddenly that person is starting to feel that they have a bit of power yeah. Now I also say to them, we can bring in a helper. Now with women, we often bring in the archangel Michael or a fairy because it's something that they can resonate with. With men, bearing in mind we're probably dealing with a five or six year old boy, yes. we end up with Superman, GI Joe, Spider Man, or I had mm-hmm. Iron Man this week. You mm-hmm. know, so so consequently, that little boy suddenly has a protector. So the little boy can say to the parent, how dare you do this to me? How dare you bully me? How dare you make me feel inadequate? And and sometimes I'll get people who take the sword of the Archangel Michael and they're thrashing around and they're shouting – I had to shut somebody up yesterday because he was shouting (laughs) in my new office and I was thinking, calm it, calm it, (laughs) how dare you do this to me? Um, But the point is, it's all about the person taking their power back and once they've done that and they can forgive, now bearing in mind it's them forgiving themselves for having allowed it to happen, whether they were six months old or three years old or whatever. Once they take their power back from that scene, and perhaps you deal with bullying uh, at school, again, you can deal with that in the same way. You tell the bullies off and you take your power back. Um, You take them to the office scene that is going on now, and they will see how the scenario is changed. You can actually take people into the future. I often take people, say, go six months into the future and see what's happening. Oh, that person's left. Or that person is treating me completely differently. And that's because they've taken their power back all the way down the line. Yeah. So that's one of the ways of doing inner child work. Mm. It's all about that person feeling they've taken their power back. Yeah, It's a bit like putting Humpty Dumpty together again. People say to me, what do you do? And I say, well, I've put something back in Humpty yeah. Dumpty. Um, so... To do the inner child work is really important if it means we help the person get rid of anxiety and depression. If Mm. they're in pain, it can be something completely different. It can be past life.
0: Yeah. So another thing I want to touch on because we we've um, we've done a lot of this work together as well, like jinx, like me as the seer, you you tuning in, and like going into entity removals. And case removals, and you know, and that can be linked to past lives, be linked to this life. But that's been a big part of, I know your work and my work as well. You know, as a, as a consequence.
1: Well, I remember a certain occasion when you came in. You were staying with me with a flat in London, and you were hiding. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think you'll mind me saying this because it was really yeah. interesting. And I said to you, Sarah, what are you doing? And you said, (laughs) I'm hiding. And I said, why are you hiding? And you said, well, I have to hide. So I said, who is with you? (laughs) And it (laughs) turned out that a girl had committed suicide, jumped in the Thames and Mm. was lost. And she had joined you because you were obviously the nearest or the psychically open person that was around. And also that flat at the time was on the Thames yeah. and we had to find her and we had to release her. Yeah. And after that, you became normal. And then so, do
0: you remember we we, go- we Googled afterwards because you're like, that was interesting. And yeah. somebody had gone missing and a handbag was found um, on the sides of the Thames, um, yeah. but they never knew what happened, but it was, it was the disembodied entity. And I don't know if you remember this, but, I won't go too much into the detail, but a similar thing happened in a, a shop in Liverpool. Where right. in that shop, so I'd walked in and I felt different. All of a sudden, I felt different because this is years ago before I could protect myself in that way, and mm. I felt different. And I came, I I went for so I went for a meal afterwards, and I was like, I don't feel like myself. And this went on for a couple of days and I beco- I started becoming obsessed and focused with reading suicide stories. And oh, I, was like, I was like, what's going on? Something's not right. And then I remember being in the cinema and doing a very quick entity removal in the cinema on myself because I got that vibe, something's going on, got rid of it. And I was like... Wow, there was something definitely with me, and it was heavy. And then the next day, I uh, I looked and I thought, has there been any suicides? And the shop that I was in, somebody had jumped off the um, the top floor, and yeah, killed themselves three days before I went in the shop. So it must have been that hair spirit, her, you know, the disembodied entity that had seen me psychically open and and jumped on me, and I'd not even realised what it was.
1: Uh, it's it's a cry for help I remember I had a client who I work with who's quite a well-known psychologist um and she phoned me up and I remember it was Easter and she said look I'm really sorry to disturb your Easter but I need your help so I said okay you know no problem um And she said, my brother-in-law has just committed suicide, and I don't know what to do. I'm distraught. My partner's distraught, and so are the family. So I said, well, let's find him. Let's see where he is. So because I knew her, and she was a very good subject for hypnosis, I knew rather than just talking to her, it was easier to put her into hypnosis to find him. Mm -hmm. So I said, right where is he what's going on is he in your house no she said he's in the parents house so i said okay we have to make him feel safe we have to make him feel that it's all right so we brought brought in an angelic force and the angelic force took his hand at the same time she was talking to him and saying look it's okay you have to let go we're here to help you and she saw the spirit being lifted out and taken Mm. um and after that she felt peace because he was obviously hanging around the whole family not knowing what to do and the family were able to let it go so you can come across these scenarios and and they seem ridiculous but at the same time it's you know spirit release is very powerful Mm. Uh, strangely enough i i did some work and this was only on friday i did some work with a lovely very psychic very young girl and we did some past life work and we did some this life work and we did a lot of clearing anyway she texted me yesterday and said I feel really funny I feel really funny so I I phoned her up and I said look we need to see because you were quite psychically open we need to see if there's something with you so I took her again into that altered state and we brought the white light through her body now a classic way to see if there is an entity with somebody is when the white light won't go all the way through your body. Mm. And we found two spirits, one from a past life that had come up to be cleared and something she picked up from this life. And then she texts me later on yesterday afternoon. She said, I feel completely normal again. Mm. So, you know, it it can be a bit difficult because you don't always know when these spirits are going to sort of, Attached to people and people can feel really peculiar. Mm. Um, the other thing is sometimes I've worked on two occasions with men who wanted to dress as women. I remember one was an American gentleman, I can't remember who the other one was, but I've now I've worked with two. Um, and on each occasion, these men wanted to go home and wear women's clothes. Mm. Each time I found that there was a a very strong woman spirit with them. Once we cleared out the spirit, they no longer wanted to dress in women's clothes. Mm. Now, there can be another example of this. They can have had a past life as a woman, and that woman was a very strong character. And Mm. they could have died pretty quickly um, and that part of them was still hanging on feeling like a female so you have to know if you're dealing with an entity yeah or if you're dealing with them from a past life and they have to sort of find a way to work through whatever it is they're feeling so they can let it go but either yeah. way it's about letting go
0: yeah so that's where the same one comes in isn't it because as you know i'm very open psychically so I've always been able to see. That's been my thing, you know. See, and you've rang me. See, look at this. What are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't see.
1: I use hypnosis as a tool because a yeah. person in the hypnosis is able to see, yeah. and I might hear voices in my head, but I don't actually see. Whereas you can yeah. see it, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, so because I've I've seen things in in the past, you know just what you're saying about, you know, the, the entities and energies, I've been able to see. Yeah. I have literally. So, you know, then I become the the go-to person, didn't I? You know, even like ex-partners <laughs> and everything ringing, ringing me up, Do you want, can I come meet you for a coffee? Hey, can you see anything? And it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's because soon as like they stepped into my field and it's like, oh, I can see, you know, and I can, I can, I can which it's great for working with clients, but it's not great for every day. life. <laughs> But <laughs> you're just trying to go out for a coffee or have a meal or go for a walk and you're seeing things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I remember if I wouldn't have met you, I was have thought that I was going crazy. <laughs> I was thought I was thought that I was going crazy. Some of the things that were happening and I was seeing, and you know, like the, the astral projecting and waking up in the middle of the night and stuff, seeing things in the room or hearing crying, and you you're like, I'm gone, I live on my own. Why is he crying? And all of this, all of these things. The it they become when I met you and we work through it. There's no fear, and obviously it become part of my way. But at the time, it was there was a lot of intense fear. So I can understand how a lot of people are misunderstood as well if they're experiencing some of these entities and 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 feeling things. And it's it's to discern what is psychosis, what's mental illness, and actually what's just energetic and you know disembodied entities and. Yeah and figuring out with what's what, so then you can work with that? Yeah. Well, there, there's a man,
1: and I know his name's Alan, but I can't remember what his name surname was. Very elderly man now. He realised that most of the people that were in mental hospitals, because I know they don't really have mental hospitals anymore, but they certainly did when I was a girl, and he was he's quite a bit older than me. Um, he realised that a lot of the people he saw, and he was a sort of, a psychiatrist professor he was very high in his field but he was mm. the only one who seemed to realize that these spirits were attaching these people they picked up on these people and the people who became psychotic and became very peculiar was because there was an entity with them mm-hmm. that which brings up funny enough a thought that I remember and this was years ago a lady coming to me And she said, I have been diagnosed as schizophrenic. She said, I don't understand because I've never been schizophrenic in my life, but I've been most peculiar over the last six months. So I said, well, what happened to you during that time? And she said to me, it came on when I went to a Pentecostal church. And I said, what happened at the Pentecostal church? She said, well, I was obviously open because there was chanting and people talking and and all of this sort of stuff. But she said, I remember coming out of that church feeling most peculiar. So we found what had happened. She was sat next to somebody who was an acquaintance, not really a friend, but an acquaintance of hers. This acquaintance, the son had committed suicide, and he was a schizophrenic now what happened because during that call it service or whatever it was she was psychically open and he was obviously Mm. hanging around the mother he transferred himself to her and then by the time she left the church she was showing um peculiar behaviors and that went on once Mm. we got him collected and once we got rid of the spirit and took him to wherever he had to go she was no longer schizophrenic she cleared it uh, See, so it amazing. can be something that's really heavy you
0: know yeah. it, i mean I've, I've had heavy cases like that so it um you know it, it can annoy me when people say oh you know you can't claim this and you can't claim that look i don't claim anything especially not medically you know don't claim mm. anything but look at the results. That's all you have to do. Look, look at, look at the results. Um, yeah. you know, and what you're saying there, I think, is quite common. You know, for people like us, when we're working with clients, you know, you yeah. can be something really heavy, and then it, it, it can go as soon as you've resolved that that piece. I had a lady who was a nightmare
1: as far as picking up spirit attachments. You'd clear them (laughs) and then she'd get another one. And, and, you know, I could even sort of, I remember working with in Bristol. She was in Bristol and she'd say, can I go to the loo? And I'd say, yes, she'd come back. She'd have a funny smile on her face. I knew she'd picked up another one. Um, (laughs) And in the end, I said to her, what is going on? I said, something told me. I said, what is the oath and a vow you've made? Mm-hmm. And she said, I've made an oath and a vow that I will always help and clear wayward spirit. Oh, so God. once we got rid of the oath and the vow, she stopped attracting spirit attachments. But she'd made an a vow to help them, yeah. which was really affecting her life, Yeah, which sort of brings on to oaths and vows. Um, yeah we often make oaths and vows in different lifetimes we make vows to love people forever to look after them forever um to always find them which is why you get these love affairs of people sort of always wanting to find the same person and not being able to find another relationship because they vowed to love somebody forever Mm. but this can also happen with illness and i remember i had a really interesting case This guy came to me who had asthma and we did a lot of work. We did a lot of past life work because asthma usually is past life stuff. We went into lots of scenes where he was sort of a mercenary and he was burning villages and people were being raped. And, you know, it was pretty hardcore stuff. Anyway, we did a lot of work. We cleared lots of stuff. We did lots of forgiveness. But I said, but I know there's more to do, so you'll have to come back, Um, which he did about a week later. And he came back and he was quite cross. My asthma's got worse since I've worked with you. I came to you to get rid of my asthma, and it's worse. So I said to him, right. I said, well, you haven't found something then, because if your asthma's worse, there's something you're not being fair to yourself. To understand, and you need to really understand what this is. It what this is, so we can let it go. Anyway, he went into. This was a guy from Kazakhstan. I think he was from very nice guy, um, but when he was under hypnosis, he became this person that was sort of killing people. <laughs> anyway, we went into a scene where I think he was Mongolian, and he was raping and pillaging villages, and he mm-hmm. was burning these people's tents and huts. Um, And when we went to the end of that lifetime, he was sorry. So I said, can you forgive yourself? And he said, well, not really. And I said, shall we try? So we worked on the forgiveness, but something came into my head that he had made an oath and a vow against himself. Mm. And he had made an oath and a vow against himself to pay himself back for all eternity for what he had done hurting those women and children. And the way he was going to pay himself back was he would have the same sort of breathing problems that the women and children had had when he had been raping and pillaging and burning their villages. Mm. So until we got him to get rid of the oath and vow he'd made against himself, he wasn't able to let the asthma go. Oh, but okay. once we got rid of the oaths and vows then he no longer had asthma i took him into the future there was no asthma um i didn't hear from him for a while but he came back about six months later and he said it's completely gone i don't have any asthma at all bit by bit ended up seeing his mother his sister and god knows who else um but it can be that people make an oath and a vow against themselves because they feel so guilty about what
0: they've yeah. done that
1: they have to pay themselves back.
0: Well, one one thing I've noticed just on that is when I've been working with clients, every single one of them that I've been doing some sort of clearing, whether it be you know entity, past life stuff, it's always they've made an oath and a vow on a higher level. So they've agreed on some level for that entity to be there. So, which is probably why, you know, people come to me as a last resort where someone's tried, you know, doing a tobacco cleansing ceremony to cast it out. They've had an exorcism, they've had all of these different things, but actually it's been, they've agreed to it. So it's not going to go by a third party coming in and trying to cast it. They need to find out what they've agreed to and renounce yeah. and sin that agreement. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's been a big part as well of, of your work, my work, of the understanding that there's an agreement of for everything on some level. Yeah. yeah. Which goes into even curses where I know we you know, doing curse removal, sometimes that person has put the curse on the other person, but because they've cursed them, it's come back on them as well yeah yeah, you know? yeah. so they've almost cursed themselves in, in that way and we we talk about you know the universe and and being in energy and we have an energetic signature for our words and the emotions behind us the heavy weight of energy that in those angry moments when you're cursing something or you know you're in those emotional states you can really it can echo through eternity yeah on yourself in that moment. So for me, this, this works a necessary part of life. I know somebody, um, somebody quite recently was saying to me, you know, this is like, it's not needed, you know, past life stuff there or care stuff, all of that stuff. They thought it was like, you know, it's not needed. It's not, it's not necessary. And it's like every single person will have a, a, a blueprint for them that helps them clear what they need to be cleared. Um, However, for me, I've never met anyone as a client, as of yet, that's not needed some of this stuff. It might take longer because we're doing a lot on this, this life and, and you know, before we move into the past, but I've never met anyone yet that's not needed something where we've went deep into the past or on a higher level in some way.
1: Mm, so I agree. But people have to be open to it. They have to be in the yeah. right place. Base. Um, when I first started doing this work, which I say was about—it's going to be twenty years, um years—I was this very strange lady doing past life regression. I was considered rather odd. And you go into a bookshop, and there'll probably be about two esoteric books in the whole of the bookshop. But what I've found over the last twenty years—now you can go into a library. There's a whole section on it. Absolutely. um more and more people are interested in past life regression because they're not getting the answers from doctors. They're not getting the answers from psychiatrists and psychologists um, and people that go into counselling. I get so many people that say to me, I've been in counselling for five years, I've been in counselling for six months. And I'll say to them, but counselling has a place. I'm not decrying anybody who does counselling, but it's very left-brained. They are asking you to logically know what's going on with you. Whereas the beauty of hypnosis is your subconscious mind knows what's going on. Your subconscious mind can find what's going on. So I can do two or three sessions with you or sometimes even one session and we can clear out the problem. And you might go, uh, you might spend a fortune on counselors just talking and talking and talking for six months or what five years even i had a woman who was 30 years in counseling and we cleared the problem in two sessions so Mm -hmm. you know it's understanding the other thing is tie cutting a lot of people don't understand what tie cutting is they'll go to a psychic and the psychic says oh take a sword and and cut these cords between this person and you will clear it well that's not what it's about We make oaths and vows and promises and contracts and curses and spells, all connect blood oaths, black magic, you name it, you'll have to deal with it. Um, But these people will have etheric ties to whatever's going on. So you can take a sword and cut them and they'll just come straight back on. Whereas if you release all the oaths and vows, all the promises, all the contracts, all the commitments from any lifetime and from any dimension, because remember, everything is multidimensional, then you can do the tie cutting. Um, I had a married couple that came to me, and I remember they said, look, we love one another, but we've both got other partners, but there's like an invisible elastic band that's pulling us together. What do we need to do? So we released all the oaths and vows. We cleared everything that was tying them together, and they happily went into other relationships. They remained friends, but there was no longer an invisible elastic band. So ties, curses, all of this stuff is very, very important.
0: Yeah, I feel like it is. And, you know, I think every modality has its place, you know, more... And of mainstream to to more of the you know esoteric, but because it depends what someone resonates with as well, doesn't it? If that yeah. person's there, and I know when I work with these corporate leaders, I don't go in with like right, we're going into past life. I'll go in with let's let's work on some NLP, for example. Let's 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 look at things in this way logically, and then the rational, and then that's the entry point for me to move more into the other stuff. And I show people rather than tell them. So it's like show them by showing them an experience, by taking them to a place. But they can only go there once they've gained trust. And they'll only gain trust when I've done the other stuff first. So
1: Because you've got the corporate background and you know how to work with these people.
0: Yeah. So it's like that's the thing you can go, okay. I know where I can take those people, and then we can move it bit by bit till then they have the big experience. And then the you know it's it's an awakening as well, isn't it? You know, so but yeah, what you were saying about you know psychics Mm. and and, you know, I have an issue with everyone being a psychic now. And and (laughs) when I think when when like us you've got real intuitive and psychic abilities and you see everybody It's giving people a reading, pulling cards, and it can be really disempowering. It can be a disempowering experience for people because they're disempowering the person because they're like, this is your definitive future. That's it. When there's multiple timelines to the future, and it might not be the best timeline for that person as well. So, you know, I think there's a, um, it's good that people are waking up to, other things and that there's other stuff and they're they're becoming you know they're exploring more of the esoteric but I think there's there's a small negative part where there's a lot of charlatans out there as well who are trying to con people because they think you know this is something that's good to jump into next and they think that you know pulling some cards for someone and reading the description of the cards and taking someone's money and that's all that needs to happen, you know, and disempowering people, taking a little bit of the power away in the process.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of women are desperate for relationships. They are desperate to be in a relationship. Whereas actually, the only time they'll really be in a good relationship is when they're standing in their own power, and they are not necessarily looking for a partner, that's when they will probably attract a good partner. But People go to psychics because, as psychics know, women want to be in relationships more than men, actually. So Mm -hmm. they always say, oh, you're going to meet this. You're going to meet this person. Mm -hmm. And then when the person doesn't meet the love of their life, they are incredibly disappointed. So... You know, you have to deal with this. But the beauty of hypnosis is about the person finding out themselves. I don't say to somebody, you need to do this. You need to find this. I will use a door as a metaphor. Sometimes I'll go in through the body and say, where do you feel this? Oh, in Mm -hmm. my stomach, in my heart go into that, start to get a picture, start to get a feeling about what it's about. And then they themselves can give themselves the answers they need, um, which they don't know otherwise. So a psychic can tell them forever more, and they'll want to believe the psychic. But when they themselves know, because it comes from them, it's much more powerful.
0: And that's why, you know, what I was saying about my way, is showing people rather than the telling it's show yeah. them, take them through a process and show them. You know, that's that's amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Liz, for, for joining Thank you
1: for inviting me. <laughs> you
0: know, I'll, I'll always, we'll, you'll have to come back and do future ones because <laughs> there's so many stories and topics that we could explore, things that I, I know of that we haven't had time to do today. But yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you very much,
0: Sarah. Thank you thank you for tuning in to the genius alchemist podcast if this episode has ignited your curiosity or inspired you in some way then i encourage you to subscribe and share with friends For those that want to stay in the loop and be the first to know about future episodes, special offers and free resources, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. By joining my mailing list or reaching out through that link, you'll have exclusive access to all the latest updates and ways that you can connect with me. I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you all in future episodes.